Hey, this is Pastor Roy. Thanks for joining us midweek. We've been doing this podcast all summer long, and I need your feedback. Should we continue it? I don't like calling it an experiment anymore. So uh, looking to the fall, do we keep doing this? Yes or no? I need to know. So email me or text me. I'm in numbers right in the information. We'll get going. So thanks for joining us today, and here's the podcast. Well, welcome everyone. I'm here with Nate Edwards in his living room. In my living room at the, I don't know, what is this, like a breakfast nook or something? That's the breakfast nook. The breakfast nook. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable. This is exciting. Yeah. And so we were here because Nate spoke on Sunday, and basically this is our experimental podcast where we talk about different things. Right now we're focusing on Sundays, so you yeah. spoke, and so... Yeah, and so that's kind of why you're here. You're the guest today. Yeah, so the welcome. guest. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really a good experience Sunday. I enjoyed getting up there. Done. It's been a while um, since I've had an opportunity to do that, and I had, you know, some things just kind of pressing on my heart that I got the opportunity to share with the congregation. It was, it was good, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I and I really like the sermon. So great job. Thank you. I liked the the beginning. That was a little more. You know, we're talking about a few different ideas, yeah. like focused down to your story, mm-hmm. and then kind of the ending, which was like the challenge for us to unveil our story. Absolutely, yeah. That's. Yeah. I think that's a really incredible. As I, as I said in the sermon, a really incredible and powerful tool. You know, the testimonies that we have are are very powerful, and I, I just think that we should spend more time telling those stories. Yeah. You know? So, well, most people who hear us today probably don't have an intense story like you had. True. But how? Like, what do you what do you think the reason is people don't share their stories? Well, I think it's a couple of reasons. I, I think <clears throat> I think some people just are ashamed. You know. And you're right. I, I, there. My story is pretty intense, you know, with the drug addiction, and you know, there are other parts of my story that are like the, these kind of like large overcoming uh, kind of success stories, you know, and uh, and I think some people are just afraid to reveal that about themselves. Um, so I think that's part of it. But I've also encountered the opposite of that, where people feel like they don't have that like deep, dark, intense story so that somehow diminishes their story but i would say that that that's not really the case because there are people all in all walks of lives that are have different stories different backgrounds and regardless of you know what they find what situation they find themselves in they still need jesus right we we all have that need um and so people need to hear hear the ones that are a little lighter and the ones that are kind of heavy like mine i I, you know everybody needs to be reached yeah and it's easier to relate to a story that maybe is a little closer to to your own exactly and the hard part i think about that is so many of us feel like our story is insignificant but when we tell the story when we finally get to it or we build up the courage Mm -hmm. to say it we find that there are other people who you ins- you inspired with yeah. your story, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like God put people in your life to hear the story you had. Right. It's very interesting how all that works. Yeah, it's it's like almost like when you start when you start telling your story, you start being open and vulnerable. Like God will put people in your path that need to hear that exact thing. That's so good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's yeah. So I mean, that's the encouragement. That was the takeaway from Sunday. So hopefully. Yeah, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go back and hear it and, and talk about what your story might be. But 
while we're on the subject, uh, Nate, is there anything you wanted to add to your story that you told on Sunday? Um, you know, I, I, I really, really skimmed over it, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was kind of, it was kind of strange and like, I, I, I went back and forth on whether or not to go there, but I, I, I just had no other way to really communicate my point. But, uh, right. And you had a large variety of people in that room. You had yeah. your parents there. There yep. was the youth there, you know, your family, mm-hmm. there's just lots. You know, and my youngest daughter was in the room and that's the first time she's ever heard that. Wow. You know, and I haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk with her about that but it was like it felt like the right time you know um yeah but but you just kind of drop like hey yeah i was i was addicted to drugs when i was a teenager and uh you know it's a very long story um but i think that it's an important story you know I, i think it illustrates just how how far down jesus is willing to go to rescue us, you know, and I, that's why, one of the reasons I like to tell that story. Another thing, and you know, I've gone to, uh, Jamie Isham's class a couple of times and done kind of a more in-depth oh, cool. review of my story. Like her, with, like with her students. Her social studies class, seventh grade? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. one time they, I was like, there was her classroom, but they brought it was it was like out in this little like hallway area, and they had, I think there was more than one class, and the principal was there. It was it was kind of a big thing. The first time I did it, I was just in her classroom. Second time, it was bigger than that. Wow. I hope to be able to do that again sometime. But when I'm in that setting, one of the things that I feel like is really important, especially for young people to hear, is that they have potential and that they have value. I find, you know, when I think back on my story, one of the things I started to believe about myself was that I was, I didn't have value, right? Like, and I, and I, I think about it and, and, you know, the farther I get away from it and reflect on it, I can remember like me being this, like this boy that like, I wanted to be good, but I just felt like I couldn't, you know, like I didn't have it in me. Like there was this overpowering darkness and uh that i was just doomed to be that yeah and um that can be that's a trap that's like being in being in a prison in your own mind right and i feel like there are you know i I was a teenager when i was there and there are a lot of young people old people you know all ranges that they could just get stuck in that right? right right and uh i think it's important for them to hear that like in the, the worst of circumstances, you know, being convinced that I basically had no value and would make nothing of myself, that I was able to overcome that. And uh, your pen- potential is really only limited by your choices, right? That's good. And uh, so that, when I when I have those opportunities, that's what I want to get across to these young people. Yeah, here. I can imagine you, you standing there with all these, like, 7th, seventh, seventh, 8th graders. Yeah. And like seeing and knowing that some of them facing those same challenges you did. And man, I imagine there's like this bit of like longing that some people could break out of that cycle in their brain or break, break out of that prison that they found themselves in or like somehow save them from the pain that's in front of them, which, you know, you're listening to us today with like, whether you're in seventh grade or you're 70 years old, you know, these things, life, we get stuck. We do. We absolutely do. And you know, the darkness, that darkness can be overpowering, but again, there's a light 
right? That shines brighter than that darkness, and that's that's the key. And you know, it's it's hard to when you're talking at a school, it's hard to get. <laughs> no, it's spring it's springboard at Jamie's school there. You know, I I will be kind of vague about my faith because I can't tell my story yeah. without including my faith. So there's kind of a funny tale that I that okay. I like to tell you yeah, yeah. about this, and I tell this. When I tell, give my testimony to the youth group, I always tell them this story. But it's really, it was kind of like a revealing to me. It was like a, a God wink moment, if you're familiar with that term, you know. So I was in a very difficult spot, at, and like I had been in all this trouble. I remember being in my bedroom, right, just feeling completely broken and just ready to give up, right? And I had had a fight with my girlfriend at the time on the phone, right? I'm like 15, and she's like telling me that I'm ruining everybody's lives because I'm just like, I've, I've gone too far, right? So even my friends had turned on me at this point. And I remember laying in my bed and praying to God saying, and I remember telling God, you need to make me a better person, right? That was what I thought. I realized I wasn't a good person or I wasn't being a good person. And I, I asked God to make me a better person. I figured that's how it works. Right? Yeah, yeah. Very transactional. <laughs> and uh, boy, uh, it was a few days later, my parents took me to this treatment program. And uh, they left me there. It, was in, in, it started out inpatient. I won't, I'll spare you all the details of that. But they, they left me there. And it was a very strange time in my life. And as I'm sitting in here, this realizing that I'm I'm basically incarcerated, you know, institutionalized in this place for I don't really know how long. I remember it was a Monday, I was sitting there, and I remembered praying that prayer. <laughs> and I remember sitting in that chair praying to God, and basically it was something like this. This is not what I had in mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, I realized at that point that God had intervened, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. And I was mad about it. Right, of course, yeah. But uh, it was your want, but not like your yeah. like all of your wants. So many of us do that. Like yeah. we want, we want, we want to. I want to be this, or I want to be that, or have this, or have that. But we don't want to. We don't want to put in the work, right? We don't right. want to really be obedient and follow. Uh, it took a while for me to break through that, but I did, and uh, well. It ended, it, it ended well, or it's still going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So far, so good. Well. So far, so good. No, God, and then God is using you, yes, and, and it's turned your life around, and you're probably a better person. Yeah, said that prayer for for sure. <laughs> yeah, yep, it, it worked. He did. He did exactly what I asked him to do. It was his method was questionable to me when I was 15. But yeah, well, yeah, 15, 16, however old I was, you know. So right, and then since then you've been inspiring youth and and people alike, which is so cool. Yeah. At the end of your sermon, you talked about. Uh, like hippie Jesus, yeah, and uh, angry. What was the other one? I, I don't think I, I don't think I labeled them. It's yeah. just like this this vision of pe- that people have of this God that's just waiting, like sitting there, almost like a Zeus like character sitting there on a cloud, just waiting. Man, you wait, and I'm gonna like launch this lightning bolt, and yeah. you're just waiting to smite you. I expect you to screw up, and the minute you do, I'm yeah. gonna punish you, right? And uh, these are this is just what I've observed. You know, I don't. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't Bible. say like, hey, there's yeah. a hippie Jesus. Or, no, or, and, yeah. and uh, it's it's something I've observed, you know, both sides of that. It's this idea that like God is angry all the time and he's yeah. basically waiting for uh, a, a reason, an excuse to pour out his wrath on you. And then like this other version that's like, 
no, God loves you. He loves everything about you. He doesn't care what you do. just wants you to feel happy. And I'm like, that doesn't seem genuine. Neither of those seem genuine right. or real. And that's just not the version of Jesus that I've experienced. I think what I said in my sermon is this more like, hey, this is not what I had planned for you. And you're, you're, you're destroying yourself, yeah. right? You're living contrary to what I had planned for you. You're not becoming the person I created you to be, and I want to help you walk out of that, right? right. That's my, been my experience. That's my testimony. Yeah. And I think that's the Jesus that I want people to know. That's right. the real Jesus. Right. So, Yeah, if we adopt one principle or the other, we're missing the real Jesus, Absolutely. right? I think that as your dad, you know, you have three mm-hmm. kids, and uh, they're all they're growing fast. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, Paige is almost she's a senior. Yep. So year. school starts next Wednesday, I think, and so it'll be the beginning of her senior year. That's crazy to think about. But I imagine that, like your point about happiness mm-hmm. being kind of the ultimate goal, is the new culture's like. Uh, ringtone or champion or yeah. whatever the word is. So we just came back from uh, middle school orientation. Our youngest is in sixth grade now. Emma's in sixth grade. And I, I saw a sign on the wall that said, happy is the new rich, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, well. Yeah. And your sermon, is, I think I just wanted to elaborate on this because your sermon pointed out this perfect point, which was like, if you seek happiness, mm-hmm. you will not find it. Right. Which is like, Hello. Because our whole yes. culture is seeking happiness. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, it's hard to have that conversation with people because they're like, you don't think I should be happy? And I'm like, that's not what I said. Right. I just think you should be aimed at something higher than that. Right. And I think the Bible says this, and Jesus said that we should be aimed at something higher than that. The kingdom of God, as a matter of fact, is what Jesus told us to aim at. And then he showed us exactly what that looks like, right. you know? So. Yeah, I wonder if what that poster would be in the kingdom of God, yeah. maybe it would be like, fulfilled is the new yes. rich, or like, right. all, I don't know. Right. But like, would find yourself fulfilled when you abandon yourself. Yeah. And then in the process of losing your life, yes. then you find it. Yep. Right? And so it's so difficult for our, for our friends to, our, everybody at church and the people around us to, to grasp nowadays. Yeah, one of the things I actually edited out of the sermon uh, was... I had some statistics about <clears throat> basically wealth and prosperity and all the things we have. We have more. Yeah. We have more of everything than we've ever had. And uh, when you when you put that side by side with the rates of anxiety, depression, suicide, it's like it doesn't make sense. If if having things and being happy is the goal, this other information and the other statistics don't line up. Something's wrong exactly. with our philosophy, and you know, and it's like. We have these distorted values, right. and it's makes it makes it tough to navigate the world, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, and that's the hardest part I think about about living. You know, you always have competing values. You have what the culture says, and then you have what the Bible says, and how you feel in the yeah. midst of all of that, navigating that. And uh, you know, we all need to get really good yeah. at navigating this happiness type culture, mm-hmm. even in our own lives, and so. That's a challenge for all of us. It is very much a challenge, and it's it's very easy to slide into that because we all want to be happy, right? Of course. And uh, I want my kids to be happy. I want I want everyone around me to be happy, right? But I also want them to experience something greater than that. Right. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Is there any last parting words you'd like to say? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think I just want to repeat my the challenge I had in my sermon and, and, you know, just encourage people to like be, get out there, be vulnerable, be, be honest. You know, I find that people are attracted to, to candor and people being genuine and honest, even if they don't agree with what you think or what you believe, if they sense you're being real, people appreciate that and they're willing to listen. Yeah. And you never know, you might get through. They might hear something that, and you never know, one of the things I've learned lately, some things that have happened, you know, and with some friends of mine and people that I used to know, is you just never know what people are wrestling with. That's you know? good. So just, just be vulnerable, be open, be honest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, something for us to strive for. Absolutely. For sure. Yep. I mean, can you imagine your life always putting yourself out there when you feel like you should instead of hiding back yeah. or, you know, you could be the person that, like, you want to be. And I think a lot of times, like, I know I want to share my story more and there are times where I'm like, oh, no, they don't really care about what I have to say, right. you know, or something <laughs> like that. But, man, like, that's encouraging to hear. So, thank you, Nate. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us online. Hey, our online family is important, and we pray for you. So tell us how we can pray for you. And uh, drop us an email or text us, and we'll be able to get to know you a little more. Uh, Either way, though, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.